What's up, everyone? Here for another episode of Locked On Bucks to start a new week. I'm going to get things going here solo, and we're going to be talking about Brook Lopez. Don't forget, if you missed last week's podcast, we talked all things salary cap. Frank ran us through absolutely everything, so go back and check that podcast out. But one of the biggest talking points out of that podcast about the salary cap situation, about what the Milwaukee Bucks can do next, was Brook Lopez. Uh, there's plenty of differing opinions on what the Bucks should do with the big man that uh, wasn't able to play too much basketball this year. So I'm going to go into everything. The contract situation, some defensive numbers, and ultimately why I think the Bucks need to keep Brooke Lopez. So let's get started. Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Fading shot. Up. Here on a Monday, as I said, you can see and hear me on this show Monday to Friday. Even for now, through the offseason, we've still got plenty to discuss in the lead up to the draft and everything that's going to follow on there. You can also find my work over at ESPN. And uh, as always, we thank you for making Locked On Bucks your first listen of every day. You did it during the season. If you're new on board, if you're new on YouTube, do it through the offseason as well. And if you are watching on YouTube, uh, for the first time, or you're new to the scene here, or perhaps you haven't even got here yet, you can see what I look like. I don't know if that's something that interests anyone, but either way, make sure you subscribe because we uh, we really appreciate it. It helps us out big time. Uh, speaking of helping us out big time, our friends at Bet Online are sponsoring the show today. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. That's Bet Online where the game starts. So I've mentioned this a couple of times already over the last week since the Bucks unfortunately had their season come to a close. I'm struggling to watch basketball right now. I'm trying. It's difficult. I've watched a bit of Boston, Miami, to be fair. Uh, really watched none of Golden State, Dallas. I'm not sure what it is. I, I think part of it is, particularly with this Eastern Con- Conference series, uh, I think I'm kind of just hate watching. I'm like, I don't know if these teams are that good. Uh, and plus, of course, we're seeing plenty of the themes uh, that we've seen throughout uh, the series with the Bucks, certainly with the Celtics, um, some injuries that are looking very, very, very serious and then turn out to be not so serious. Plenty of bodies on the floor, perhaps unnecessarily. So a little bit difficult to watch so far, but let me know if you are watching those series and what's going through your mind. But today, the topic of conversation is going to be Brook Lopez, and uh, I mentioned it at the top, but if you missed the salary cap explainer episode, we did it on Friday. You can find it on the YouTube channel. You can find it wherever you get your podcast. Make sure you do listen to it. Uh, I don't do much talking. Frank is just, uh, he is the guru. Everyone knows that. I sit back. I listen to him because he knows more than I will ever forget, uh, or he's forgotten more than I'll ever know about the salary cap, I should say. So make sure you go and check that out. If you've got any questions, uh, you can hit Frank up on uh, his Twitter page. My Twitter page, which is right there at Kane Pittman, and of course on the YouTube channel as well. Uh, Frank has the his salary cap sheets, the spreadsheet, the Excel sheet that's uh, on his Twitter there as well. So you can most of the time 
uh, find out whatever info you need. But basically, we understand that the Bucks are in a difficult position uh, when it comes to the salary cap in terms of really, basically, just what this tax bill is going to be. And and ultimately, I think I put in the headline of that show, are the Bucks going to spend to contend? That's kind of the situation they're in. Once you get to becoming a perennial contender, uh, you have to be willing to spend. You have to be willing to eat that luxury tax bill, which is only going to continue to rise. Uh, but it does bring you to make, or it certainly brings us to have some conversations about some difficult situations where you're like, what are the Bucks going to do with certain players? And oftentimes, it's players that are important to your team. And I think Brooke Lopez is absolutely one of those. Uh, but I've certainly seen in the YouTube comments uh, a number of people suggesting that uh, maybe the Bucks should trade Brooke Lopez. Now, I will say, I don't agree with that. I think that uh, he was out for most of this season and perhaps you forget the impact of what he can have on this team. But just purely from a financial point of view, he's owed or he's going to be owed around $13.9 million for the 2022-2023 season. And then uh, he will be a free agent if he's not extended prior to that. Uh, you know, again, Frank's probably the guy that would be able to go into the details with what the extension um, could could be worth. I, I would be a little surprised if the Bucks would entertain any extension with Brook Lopez this offseason. He has just turned 34. So his birthday, April 1st. So it means he's going to turn 35 next April. Uh, for the most part, he's been a really, really durable player for the Bucks. Uh, he missed eight games, eight regular season games through the first three seasons uh, with the Bucks, And then he only played 13 this year, obviously, with the back surgery. Uh, it's hard to know. And, and it's kind of one of those things that we never actually got great info with, which I know was a source of <laughs> frustration uh, for Bucks fans throughout the season. But the fact that he played on opening night, on ring night, and then we didn't see him for 70 games or 68 games, whatever it was, yeah, it was kind of interesting because we have discussed the idea that the Bucks had a really, really short offseason. Uh, maybe it was something that that flared up, you know, around opening night. They decided to play him and then uh, he wasn't able to play. Maybe it was something that they thought that they could get through the season. Uh, maybe just simply by virtue of the, the offseason only being a couple months long, they thought that maybe they didn't want to go down uh, the path of surgery. I'm not 100% sure. But I would think for the most part, he looked pretty good when he came back. And I don't know whether this is just wishful thinking on my behalf, but I've certainly thought to myself that maybe for a guy that had played so much basketball, for a guy that had a short off season, played for Team USA a couple of years ago when they were out my way here in Melbourne, uh, maybe having so much time off, almost having the full season off, and I understand he was rehabbing and it probably wasn't the most comfortable scenario for him, maybe having all that time off helps it I, I i don't know maybe he comes back super fresh next year not a lot of miles on the legs uh he's not a player that necessarily relies on any type of explosive athleticism shall we just say so i don't know to me you know what does his career look like post this last year in his contract i'm not 100 percent sure but honestly if the back is okay which the bucks will have knowledge of that certainly far greater than i will or you know most of the the fans that listen to this show I'm actually pretty optimistic that Brooke Lopez is going to maybe be, uh, you know, super fresh next year and can at least at, at you know minimum play to the level that we've seen over the course of the the last few years. I think anyway. So I'm not totally worried about the age stuff. 
uh, at this point in time. His production is virtually exactly the same. If you go through his basketball reference page, he's a guy that gets you about 12 points, five rebounds, block and a half to two blocks per game. Low to mid 30s from three, sort of 46 to 50% from the field as well. He's pretty reliable in all the categories. And we know that ultimately he's there for the defense to anchor this defense, which is what I'm going to get into here in a little bit. Uh, overall, it's interesting to look at the Milwaukee Bucks defense on the season this year, D rating of 111.1. So they were giving up 111.1 points per 100 possessions, which had them 14th in the league last year. They were actually at 110.7 in a season that Brooke Lopez played all year, which had them ninth. So there was you know, just that one stat, that one number. Uh, they were very, very similar from last year to this year, which might surprise people when you have got a player the caliber of Brook Lopez out of the lineup. But I'm going to get into the numbers a little bit more that explain why that might be the case and why the Bucks desperately missed Brook Lopez uh, this season. But before I do that, I'm going to talk about our friends at uh, Sakara. And uh, feeling your best starts with what you eat. Sakara helps you live a healthy, balanced lifestyle, and uh, you'll truly enjoy it with delicious, plant-rich, transformational nutrition that builds a foundation for living in your best body. Now is the time to seek wellness, joy, and abundance in all areas of your life, starting with what you eat. With Sakara, you get nutrient-dense meals, snacks, and supplements that nourish your body without ever sacrificing taste or quality. Uh, let me tell you this right now. True Radiance starts on your plate. It's made with high-quality organic ingredients. Sakara's plant-rich transformational nutrition programs are expertly designed to deliver real results from reduced bloat and ease digestion to clear skin and boosted energy uh, and moods as well. Sakara is a wellness company anchored in food as medicine on a mission to nourish your body through the power of plants with plant-rich ingredients. And right now, Sakara is offering listeners 20% off their first order when you go to the sakara.com slash locked on 20 or enter locked on 20 at checkout. Uh, Sakara, that's S-A-K-A-R-A dot com slash locked on 20 to get 20% off your first order. Sakara.com slash locked on 20. Make sure you check out the uh, locked on big board podcast. Still feels a little bit weird to me when I was uh, I was on Tankathon this morning, mostly just because I was checking out the draft order. Uh, our Australian guy, the next Australian superstar in the league, Dyson Daniels. Uh, they think he's going to go top ten, maybe even top five. And I was just checking the rankings. Uh, Dyson, let's hope steers clear of Sacramento. That's my personal hope. But the interesting thing is, the Bucks have a draft pick. We haven't had to worry about this for a while. Pick twenty-four. What are they going to do with that? We're going to discuss that more uh, moving forward. But if you're interested in finding the guys that will uh, be around the mix in that pick 24, check out the Locked On Big Board podcast and they will have you covered. All right. I mentioned the overall defensive numbers for the Milwaukee Bucks. 111.1 D rating this year, 110.7 uh, last year. So, And really, there's not a, a great range between sort of, you know, the 5th to 15th. It's We're talking, you know, one point per 100 possessions thereabouts. So the fact they were 14th this year and 9th last year, whatever, both middle of the pack, essentially. And again, if you just look at that number yourself, you say, okay, well, that's pretty similar uh, defense. So maybe the Bucs didn't miss Brook Lopez too much. Uh, I would like to argue that pretty heavily. So opponents this year for the Milwaukee Bucks shot 66.2% in the restricted area. That was 19th in the league. 
uh, bottom third, essentially. 66.2% with no Brook Lopez, basically for the whole season. Last year, 61.3. So essentially a 5.5% swing in the restricted area. Last year, they were second in that category. This year, they were 19th. So if you just think about that, uh, you can understand that that is a significant swing when you basically have, and it's not to knock Bobby Portis, we'll get to him a little bit more later on, but when you have Bobby Portis starting, playing those huge minutes, more Giannis at center, no Brook Lopez, uh, trying to mix different guys in their smaller lineups. Essentially, teams on virtually the same frequency of shots, they were getting up around 23 and a half per game both seasons, uh, but scoring with 5% more efficiency this year in the restricted area. So you say, well, okay then. Well, where did the defense uh, struggle this year or what was the difference in in other areas of the floor? Well, let's look at the three-point percentage. Last year, where teams were struggling to score in the restricted area, what they did do is hit their threes. Now, I know that opponents hitting threes, given the way that the Bucs went out in game seven, you look at that and say, yeah, I'm pretty sure opponents were able to hit threes against the Bucs this year. Maybe so, but in the regular season last year, they were at 38%. Uh, from three, which was in the top few teams in the league. This year, they actually dropped back to 35%. Now, why why is that? Was it because the Bucks were doing more things, uh, more switching perhaps with no Brook Lopez out on the floor? Uh, we saw them try different things with Bobby Portis out there, you know, blitzing, uh, double team, double uh, doubling, trying to double the ball handler in those pick and roll situations. So uh, maybe that had something to do with the reason why, or maybe... The Bucks just got a little bit more lucky this year, which begs, which makes you wonder. It makes you think if they were anywhere near shooting the ball like they did last season, this Bucks team would have been in serious trouble because they just simply were not protecting the paint uh, like they had in previous years. Now, again, the frequency didn't change. It was not like teams were getting down there a lot more than they were, but they were certainly scoring with greater efficiency. There's no doubt about that. Uh, Brooke Lopez this season, and this is on a minimum of 50 field goal attempts. Brooke Lopez, uh, this is via NBA tracking data, which eh, people can be skeptical about, and that's you know more than fair enough. But Brooke Lopez, number two in the league, again, minimum 50 attempts, number two in the league for field goal percentage uh, defended when he's the closest defender, 46.7%, uh, second in the league. Again, only 60 shot attempts, but historically... That actually, I mean, he's been better than that on higher volume in in previous seasons. So uh, the fact that he's near the top of the league is not a shock. We know that he is elite in that area. And again, he's not an explosive athlete, but his IQ, his ability to recover, uh, just a humongous man. His timing on those block shots without fouling is just absolutely elite. So 46.7% uh, there for Brook Lopez. Uh, and Bobby Portis, if we just do the comparison... Now, he defended 363 shots, so you're talking 300 more attempts here, uh, but he was at 58.4%, so 12 points worse uh, within six feet of the basket. And that makes a lot of sense. Again, he wasn't playing as much drop coverage, certainly as as Brook Lopez, so you have to take that into account. They're playing different defenses, but there's no one, as much as Bobby Portis has improved defensively and we've spoken about it, and I think he's really... For all the narrative out there that he was some awful defender a few years ago, I think he's erased that. I think he's a fine defender. I think he did an excellent job for this team in the role that he was asked. But nobody is mistaken that if you replace Brook Lopez and put Bobby Portis at center, uh, 
you simply your paint defense is not going to be as intimidating. It's not going to be as good as what it's been in previous years. So a 12 point 12 percent swing there between Lopez and Bobby Portis. And just for for reference, Serge Barker across the whole season on 196 attempts, 59.7 percent uh, was the field goal percentage there. So he was actually even worse than than Bobby Portis. Uh, Giannis for those 152.9 percent. Uh, for him, so yeah, pretty decent. He was he was actually 18th in the league, and of course, if you go to purely the restricted area, I think Giannis was in the top two or three in the league. Brooke has certainly been there uh, in previous years, but I give you all these numbers simply to to tell you or to explain to you that even though overall people look at the defense and say, "Geez, there there wasn't a huge swing there," there's just a ridiculous swing, and I would describe Brooke Lopez as one of the great floor raisers for the regular season. So I understand why people look back and they say, I would be considering a Brook Lopez trade for perhaps another guy you can play on the wing, perhaps another guard, perhaps another guy that can shoot on the perimeter or even create a little bit on the perimeter. And the attraction to doing that is the fact that you have uh, a pretty, like a decent salary, that $13, $14 million salary slot to put in trades and all those types of things. So I absolutely understand why this might be an attractive option. But I just think if you go back and look at the previous years, if you look what happened in last year's regular season and really the struggles that the Bucs had, and part of it I do think was fatigue for this team that came back from the Olympics. Another part of it is that I just think that they were less reliable defensively. Whereas if in previous seasons you had Brook Lopez out there, and yes, teams might have got cooking from three. Yes, there will be nights where perhaps the effort isn't there on the perimeter. But ultimately, you basically every single night were able to shut the tap off in the paint. And teams were intimidated to go in there, not only because they had to deal with Brook, but then you've got Giannis roaming around playing the four, which I think for the regular season is Giannis's best position. You have to try and minimize his time uh, playing at center. And I'm going to get to that even more after I talk about bet online. Uh, our partners that continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest odds, news, and sports development, including this year's basketball playoffs that roll on. Uh, who's going to win this Boston and Miami series? Uh, Miami back now, the favorites to take out that series. I still think Boston is winning that series in seven. But if you want to get involved with the odds, the props, the lines, all those types of things, go to betonline.net. Uh, and also for hockey, if you're into that, baseball. Brewers going pretty well, I believe. So you can check it all out at Bet Online. Uh, also, esports, much more going on there. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. That's Bet Online, where the game starts. So I, I just, as we continue the chat on Brook Lopez, to me, I, I think that. Uh, and I've, you, you guys will be surprised that I've gone 20 minutes in this podcast without mentioning the name Chris Middleton. But I, I do think that the Bucks have a pretty good formula to go into next season believing uh, with luck, with health, well-rested, with the four players of Giannis, Chris, Drew, and Brooke Lopez, that there's, there's every reason to believe that they should be a top-two seed. Uh, because we saw a different approach to this regular season. Uh, first of all, Brook Lopez wasn't there, and I've outlined some of the defensive numbers there, why he is continues to be critical to this team, regardless of what people talk about in, in the postseason. The Bucs didn't have enough offense. Defensively, 
they made some decisions about what they thought was best, closing off the paint again. I think the difference between this year and last year, and again, go back to this, but I don't think they had a great option uh, for going small with lineups without Chris Milton in the lineup. So I think that there's a number of factors why uh, Brooke Lopez perhaps didn't have his best postseason this season, even though I thought that he was still pretty influential. I spoke about my theory in Game 7 that I think the reason uh, he was out there so much was because they wanted to get the offense from him. But while he was able to use his size and really monster teams in previous seasons, I do think the fact that the Bucks didn't have a perimeter scorer, an isolation guy that could relieve the pressure, I felt that the paint just completely shut down for Brook. And I think it was more difficult than simply just get Brook the ball and see if he can score. So I think there was a number of complicating factors, but I don't buy into the idea that Brook Lopez is some guy that, first of all, the teams can play off the floor or that the Bucks have been figured out. I don't buy that. I think there was a number of factors that weighed into this. But I do think if you keep those four guys around, then there's every reason to believe with health, with luck, as I keep on saying, that the Bucks will be a top two seed next year. That's my belief. Uh, another reason why I just think that is very, very important that uh, Brook Lopez returns is because we saw this year, and part of it was that they were probably a man down in the rotation. We saw them try different guys. Greg Monroe, you remember that? Remember Greg Monroe playing for this team this year? Uh, Serge Barker for stretches, DeMarcus Cousins for stretches. I think they were just trying to put bodies out there to buy some time until hopefully Brook Lopez was able to come back. And I think a big reason for that is because they understood that Giannis was getting seriously banged up playing the five all the time. Now, I understand there will be people out there saying that the Bucks are at their best when they play small ball, Giannis at the five, mix and match you guys. And uh, again, when we talk about roster th- situations that the Bucks need to figure out, I think having a another versatile defender on the wing is important. That's why we discussed PJ Tucker so much this season. I think they missed that because I just don't think, again, without Chris Milton, it made it probably impossible anyway. But I don't think that they had another guy out there. So I think that's a priority. But I think needing to go to Giannis at center so often during the regular season is just a really bad idea. I just think it fatigues him, puts him in difficult situations. There's more pressure on him to not only just grab rebounds, but be the guy back boxing out. It can put him in foul trouble in situations when he gets caught up in those loose balls. I just think that you need to protect him. And using Giannis at the five, certainly in playoff games is great. At times in the fourth quarter during the uh, regular season, you may need to go to it. Absolutely. And you need to be prepared to go to those versatile lineups and try those different things. But having that as a as a backbone lineup, to me, is a major concern. Giannis played 32% of his minutes at center in 2022. 32%. Last season, that was at 12%. The season before, it was at 11 And the season before that, it was at 4 And the, the easiest explanation for that is that you just didn't have Brook Lopez out there uh, like he did so reliable. As I said, Lopez missed eight games over those first three seasons. He missed 60-plus this year. So I, I just think that for – I don't want to talk about the longevity of Giannis. I mean, clearly, he's still got a hell of a lot of basketball ahead of him. But I just think for the protection of his body, not putting him in those situations, the wear and tear and having the absolute optimum Giannis for the postseason, to me, uh, you don't want to lose Brook Lopez. And I, and I just ultimately think for all the numbers that I've read out, the defense in the paint, the familiarity with this system – Yes, what he can do offensively when you need it at times. And I know there will always be people that will say, go to Brook Lopez more. And I totally understand that. But I think for what he does for this team, I think 
The Bucks need to find, and it's not going to be easy, but they need to find other ways to fill some of the other holes without trading someone that, to me, is critical to this team. With Brook Lopez, I think they can win a title next year. If they trade him and they try and plug in another center into those situations, I just think that I think you're... And, and maybe maybe there is some center out there. I know people are talking about Mo Bamba. I'm not convinced about that, particularly if you look at some of the defensive numbers there, even though he was obviously playing on a, on a pretty awful Orlando team. Sometimes uh, that can be hard to read. But I just think underestimating what Lopez does for this team. I think you're asking for trouble if the Bucs uh, do look to move off him. But uh, we shall see. That's just my opinion. I'm sure you guys, uh, some of you guys will think differently. And you may have trades in your mind that you think will benefit this team. The question I will always ask is, what's your plan at center? The Bucs absolutely need to figure out long-term, in future years, what are they doing at the center position? Who is the guy that ultimately is going to replace Brook Lopez? But right now, for next season, I think the Bucs need to keep Brook Lopez. I think they should keep Brook Lopez, uh, providing he is healthy and providing my uh, uh, unconfirmed theory that maybe he'll come in next season feeling fresh and uh, ready to have a big year. And once again, uh, be the reliable player that we've seen over the last few years. But let me know what you think. Basically, any number you look up, and I've rattled off a bunch here, most of them from NBA.com and also cleaning the glass, but any number you basically look up, it tells you that Brook Lopez is one of the best paint defenders in the league, uh, and there aren't simply too many guys that provide what he does defensively and offensively. Yes, the Bucs need other options, as I've said. He's not the answer. He's not going to play 40 minutes a night in the postseason. They need to have other ways around that. Giannis, obviously, is a big key to that with Giannis at the five. But to me... The Bucs need to keep Brook Lopez. Uh, let me know what you think. Let me know what you think. You guys are going to keep on uh, giving me the content for these shows, so I appreciate you guys getting involved in the discussion with Brook Lopez tonight. Make sure you check out the Locked On NBA podcast as well. The conference finals rolling on. Looks like the Warriors are going back to the finals, and uh, I still think they're going to play Boston, but we'll see if they can level up the series tomorrow uh, at home with Miami. I'll be back with a podcast. I believe Frank's back tomorrow, and we are going to be talking different options, different trades. So we'll continue. We'll come back to this. Maybe Frank disagrees with me with Brook Lopez, uh, but we may have some names. I mentioned Mo Bamba. That is uh, is one name that's been mentioned, uh, but we can get into a bunch of different options potentially for the Bucks moving forward. So I appreciate you guys uh, listening. Uh, like I said, subscribe, follow, do all those things on whatever platform you are listening to. And until then... Catch you tomorrow.